This is the business of sports. Let's talk Super Bowl and Fox Sports. Every single thing that occurs, I want people to remember this is a business. Guaranteed money isn't necessarily guaranteed. Michael Barr. How high can these valuations go? Scott Soshnick. Duke. Everybody loves rooting against them, right? Evan Novi Williams. Off the field, the NBA has never been buzzier. And the leaders in the sports industry. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. Mike Oresco, he's the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. Jared Smith, president of Ticketmaster. And the race car driver, Elio Castroneves. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Scott Sasha. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Today, we'll begin with March Madness. That's right. Right, it's that time of the year. Now, there's an advocacy group that wants the NCAA to consider holding tournament games without crowds in the stands in response to concerns over the coronavirus outbreak. Will that happen? Well, we don't know, but certainly Ramogi Huma, who is the uh, the head of the National Collegiate Players Association, has made it clear that he wants to know how athletes are being protected with this virus outbreak, and he said you have to give serious discussion to playing these games, and we all know how much money that these games make, most of them from TV, but obviously Gate is important as well uh, for the NCAA. So it would have to take an extraordinary thing for the NCAA to decide that they were going to close doors on these games. But, you know, there's a good chance that coronavirus is that extraordinary thing, right? It could be the extraordinary thing. The the tough thing about the NCAA tournament – one is that arenas, you know, are tightly packed groups of of twenty thousand people, and different which places is, around the country where there are flare ups that's in some the, places where not thing. other. It is a, it is truly a, a nationwide event. You know, if you look at the the first and second rounds, there's a Spokane is hosting one. We know what's happening in Washington right now. Also, Sacramento, Omaha, St. Louis, Tampa, Greensboro, Albany, Cleveland. The regionals are in New York City, Indianapolis, Houston, L.A. The finals are in Atlanta. This is clearly a this is truly a, a nationwide event. Uh, and yeah, who knows what is happening in any of those cities come three weeks from now when they're supposed to be hosting games. Well, why does it have to be just the NCAA? It can be any sporting event. It could be the NBA. Well, I, they I think have, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, they have started group like a committee at the at the NBA to look at what's going on and whether such a thing will be necessary. If you have a major outbreak in a high dense population place like New York City, do you want eighteen thousand people convening for a basketball game? They might just shut the door. Yeah, and let's, I mean, you can look at what other countries around the world are already doing, right? Switzerland has said no public convening of more than a thousand people. France, I believe, said ten thousand. You I know, believe the Thai Football Association said no fans for the game yep. already. Syria ah, is yep. looking at this. You know, there have been games in China that have been played with no fans already. Um, it does not seem like <laughs> it, it's a it's a long stretch to think that fairly soon here in the U.S. we could be experiencing what a headache that same so far. How, you know, how do you handle refunds? What do fans get? Without question, and, and then you and then I, the lost revenue, of course. Yeah, and I think that the, the kind of the second question that I'm sure is happening, you know, everywhere from the Olympics all the way through to to NHL and NBA teams. Here, um, it, do, do, would you rather cancel? Would you rather try to figure out a way to, to cancel games and maybe postpone them to a time when you know the public is less skittish about going outside, or do you feel the need to be beholden to the the, the, the main money, which is your broadcast money, obviously, at the expense of the fans? Well, to show you how much this has impacted, you mentioned about Switzerland, the Geneva Auto Show got scrapped. Because look at you going auto. Yeah, I know. I can't help it, man. It's I love four wheels. <laughs> I love it, man. It's like they. It's it's been canceled because the. 
time frame, that window, ends on March 15th, which would have been the last day of the auto show. Well, Evan and I were just discussing the Big E is coming. The Big E is what will happen with the Tokyo Olympics. Yeah. If if this is not under control in the next couple of months, um, the IOC is going to have a very difficult decision to make. And and one big thing to consider when when we talk about all these things, and this is not you know the difference between them happening or not, but all these teams, leagues, Olympic committees, they have insurance, and it's a question right now because we we obviously don't see we can't look at the policies they have. Some of these groups are probably insured for pandemic and some of these groups are probably not insured for pandemic uh, and be very interesting to see how you know as the money unwinds from games that don't have fans or maybe don't happen at all uh, what the insurance looks Far, like you should see me throwing things like terms like force majeure around you know <laughs> I, I mean how is a pandemic not the same as a, as a hurricane i i don't yeah. know but, I, but but we'll see uh, let's talk about Tony Romo. Uh, he's making uh, Scott Soschnick money now. He has scored a gigantic <laughs> contract extension at CBS NFL lead game analyst. Romo will reportedly earn $17 million per year, and that will make him the highest paid game analyst in TV history. Well, Ramostradamus, what was it? Ramostradamus? What was his nickname? Yeah, it was, yeah, it yeah, was Ramostradamus. Yeah. He should have known it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. I, which I'm guessing he did, but you'd have to guess ESPN would have wanted him to show oh, this they, commitment yeah, to, 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 to the NFL. It's a lot of bucks for a lot of chicken, as uh, Marshawn. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot, of, chicken, lot of chicken. He's taking care of the chicken. Um, CBS showing uh, as early as possible, in in the first way it could, that it is very serious about keeping the NFL in a big time way. And let us not forget, CBS also has lots of golf. Tony Romo likes golf. You would have to think for that kind of money, it would not just be as NFL lead analyst, but he'd do a lot of other things for the network. Yeah, so let's actually talk about the NFL media rights package, which listeners of our show are well aware is already being renegotiated. You know, These contracts expire in one year or two years, depending on which contract you're talking about. Does does the fact that CBS is willing to open the, the the wallet for Tony Romo does that have any effect outside of signaling that obviously they're very serious? No, no they're about, gonna have to pay. They're yeah, gonna they're, pay. they're gonna have to pay. They're gonna have to show me a digital strategy. They're gonna have to show me a sports betting is it, strategy. Is it risky? And if I mean, I, I think we assume when you that pay this kind, this is, is a rounding error in the in the, in the grand scheme of things of, of keeping football and needing football. This yeah. is a rounding error, so I'd say no. Well, yeah. you know, it's already paid off for CBS because we're talking about CBS right now. You sure, yeah, for keeping Tony Romo it doesn't mean I can tell you what's in CBS. Time lineup is Blue Blood still on? I have no, you know, what, what, what for what's CBS? A big Bang ain't there, I know that. For uh, folks who are wondering, looking at Spot Track, which does a pretty good job of, of covering do you look at spot contracts, track? Who? do you look at Spot Track? No, I don't either. I, know. Okay. I don't mean good that. Good for Evan. I like it. I'm citing where I'm getting my well, data. I'm loving this. I'm loving um, this. I like it. it looks like Tony Romo, 17 million would, would if he was if that was his NFL contract, right now rank him around 34th. In, in the NFL, in terms of highest paid players. How many hits is he going to take? Uh, I, I think less than one. Less than one? So this, <laughs> so this kind of, I would say 34th with less than one yeah. hit is good deal. There were some people who were taking this news and applying it to the ongoing negotiations right now between the NFL and its Players Association, essentially saying that this number, the fact that he's being paid more than all but, but 34 
NFL players highlights how bad a deal NFL players have right now. I'm not sure if I fully I don't understand the not relationship there, it, but what yeah. did you guys think about that kind of that connection not, right there? Not, I'm not buying into what the average or the active player gets now in a salary cap system. I mean, I, I, yeah, the Tony Romo, yeah. the analyst, is negotiating in a free market where yeah. there is no restrictions. There's CBS isn't doesn't have a restricted pool of money to pay all of its NFL talent. Correct. It's to me, it's apples and oranges. Um, but it was interesting to see people say, "Look, you know, this is." This is why players should be rejecting this deal because well, we have an analyst in the in the booth making more than almost. This all is of why them. they should practice uh, into tape recorders during their off weeks and bye weeks instead of playing so much football. See, this is also why I, I have a problem. Just because you play the game doesn't mean you can hop in the booth exactly. and broadcast. Tony's sure. really For good sure. at it. Yeah, that's the difference. Well, anytime you're the best at what you do, there's a good chance that you're going to be compensated well. Yeah, no, I agree. It's I remember Mean Joe Green. He, I mean, one of the best ever for the you know for the Steelers that played the game, went into the broadcast booth, and lots have tried. It's it's, it's not as easy as good. it looks. <laughs> and by the way, he worked at it. You could tell he prepared. Yeah. He prepared to broadcast a game the same way he prepared to play a game as That's quarterback. Right. That's right. Finally, owners of the Los Angeles Football Club. Yes, we're talking about soccer. Have partially bought out a stake held by Malaysian businessman Vincent Tan in a deal that values the club at more than $700 million, the most ever for a major league soccer It doesn't team. matter if it's soccer. It's sports and entertainment. And this was Mr. Novi Williams' story. Evan, I mean, the eye popper here, I don't no surprise here, is the valuation of the For club. sure. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the deal, Vincent Tan was one of the original LAFC owners. He had about a 20% stake, which might not sound like much, but the ownership group there is so fractured that it's actually a pretty darn big big stake. Uh, and he's been looking to get out of his soccer soccer holdings for a little bit. Uh, so, yes, they absorbed about half of his stake, 10% stake, and the valuation there, as Scott said, $700 million, by far a record for an MLS team. At a, in a transaction, uh, and pretty darn good news for the league as as they you know right before they kick off their 25th season, uh, we we've talked about expansion fees they continue to rise, valuations for these teams in in transactions, albeit you know this is not at full arm's length and this is a kind of a closed internal thing, um, but still you know a, a very big number there inching toward billion dollar valuations in MLS. Uh, they better show me something in the next broadcast agreement i'll tell you that yeah it's pretty wild i mean the forbes does this list of most valuable soccer clubs every, every year uh 700 million dollars would put lafc right now 14th in the real, world real brand, again, give me sandwiched yeah, in between which brands for russia dortmund would be the russia, one right yeah. atletico madrid mm-hmm. one above uh, it as well yeah. ahead of inter milan and as roma to kind of put that in to put that in full perspective uh, again i'm not sure if lafc would sell for 700 million dollars in an in an open market in los angeles yeah I'm there's not, with a, with the stadium yeah I, i'm i'm not sure they wouldn't yeah it's wild it just kind of underscores what you know, the scarcity yeah, you, value is, is the, huge the underscore word again what <laughs> This <laughs> why, why he always you, does it. Why do you want to rain on the parade? No That's parade, rain. No <laughs> rain. I'm going to trademark A little shade, but not rain. It's this, cloudy. It ain't raining. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Soshnick and Evan Novi williams We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week. We're speaking with the biggest and brightest in the sports business world. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports and Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts.